that whole thing clearly has, has been looked over by a lawyer, but that doesn't mean then I accept the apology as a, like, well, that's the first step in restorative justice. He's done it. Uh, it's more like this is the first step in returning his career. That's what this whole thing feels like right now. I, I'm going to do, uh, you know, the, the, the things. I, I went to uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. It was really the alcohol more than anything that was causing this. Uh, I've been therapy, so I've worked my way through all these issues. So I'm ready to get back and do important work. And uh, here we go, kind of stuff. Um, if there's instances of him straight up doing, like, physical assault or sexual assault uh, uh, on individuals, especially of minors, um, that, uh, that should be uh, criminally investigated. Absolutely it should. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be honest with all of you. I watched this already uh, yesterday when it came out, and I was really surprised to see not only the overwhelming amount of comments online being incredibly favorable, as in, oh, good job, you know, you're doing the right thing, all this kind of stuff. Uh, a lot of the communities that initially came out and were very right to condemn the actions of Andrew Callahan and to believe the survivors and to give them space to tell their stories, of which it seems that there are a numerous amount of accounts uh, coming forward. Uh, I have a handful of new um, accusations as well that I was going to talk about after this video. Um, but to see this video come out and just have the response generally be, especially in like online lefty communities, that Andrew uh, did a really good job. This is a very solid video. Uh, it sounds like he's taking responsibility for his actions. Uh, and that kind of stuff and I like I couldn't disagree more and, and one of the things is I'm not here uh, to, to demand uh, a certain quantity of blood uh, I'm also not here to be like oh well anyone who fucks up or right, here's here's the road uh, to, to restorative justice and uh, here's my quantity of blood I don't know if yours is different but unless he's unless he's crying a certain amount unless he's doing this a certain amount I, I don't care if there is a certain amount of tears or if I see a certain amount of what I uh, determine to be regret or sad. Like, I, I, I don't give a fuck about any of that stuff. Uh, restorative justice means, first and foremost, that you are acknowledging something wrong that you've done, uh, that you are going to directly address the people of whom you've harmed. Uh, you are certainly going to apologize to the victims in this case. You are going to work towards doing restitution in one form or another. Uh, bettering yourself is another part of this process and eventually work towards uh, fighting against the very injustices that you used to be a part of reinforcing or causing. That's that's basically the restorative justice journey. So one of the first steps of that, of course, uh, the, the acknowledgement of the things you did wrong. Unfortunately, this whole thing felt like it was um, overseen multiple times by lawyers to make sure that there's not a direct uh, admission of guilt uh, and that there is, of course, uh, room to potentially avoid any kind of uh, admission uh, of wrongdoing. But anyways, we'll play it, we'll analyze it, explain it. All right, um, I never thought I'd make a video like this. But, Clean um, up your room. I think there's an important conversation to be things. had and I just want to be fully accountable, honest, and uh, transparent with all of you guys. So I'd like to start by thanking every single person who's came out uh, in the past week um, to speak about different ways in which my behavior has made them feel um, uncomfortable or pressured during a sexual situation and to people who said that I've made unwanted advances and uh, had a hard time with rejection. Um, I'm sure this was not easy to do. It's never easy to speak out. And it was uh, hard for me to hear as well, because to be honest with you, up until this point, I didn't even really realize that I had this pattern that had affected multiple people. Um, I'd also like to apologize for my silence. Um, I think that when this stuff first came out, I was in a state of denial and shock. 
Um, I was, you know, just riding the high for my movie that just came out. And then within 48 hours, I was denounced by my closest collaborators. And uh, my name was printed in, in, in 40 different news outlets uh, next to the words sexual misconduct. And I just kind of spiraled into a mental health crisis. Uh, I'm okay now, but I don't really think this is about me. This is about the people that I've affected. So I just want to express my complete sympathy, respect, and uh, support for anyone who I've done wrong by. And I really want to do better and be fully accountable for everything. So I want to point this out and stop here. Because again, uh, I'm not looking for, uh, I don't, I, two fucks about whether or not he cries. Or two fucks about whether or not I believe he's sincere or, or not sincere. In terms of actually addressing what happens, if you're addressing the victims directly. Because this is the one time that he's like speaking directly to the victims. That's not an apology or an admission of guilt. That's, uh, I offer, what, what was it, my, my respect. Uh, you know, let's, I'll play it one more time. So I just want to express my complete sympathy, respect, and uh, support for anyone. Complete sympathy, respect, and support for anyone who feels that they were affected by me. That that's not an apology, and that's like I. Lots of people got really mad on me online when I pointed that out, and I'm like, this should be the bare minimum. I'm sorry. We have to start somewhere. Like we, my dudes, my dudes. I'm speaking to the dudes who were primarily the people fighting me on this. We can do better. There, there should be more than a bare minimum of, like, you should be able to address the people directly and apologize to them. Now, I understand probably there's a lawyer behind uh, this entire script who was like, yeah, don't do that. Because if you do that, then you are admitting to the guilt, and then at which point they might have uh, the opportunity to sue you. Uh, so let's let's not do that part. Um, but that's different than what people were claiming. People were claiming he apologized in this video. Near the very end of the video, which we will get to, there is a point where he says, and again, I sincerely apologize to anyone who felt affected by anything that I've done. That's not an apology to the victims. That that can mean anyone. That, that can include his friends. Who this episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Who felt affected by this. That, that can include you, the person watching the stream right now. Sure, you got, a, 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 I guess, a crumb of apology if, if we were to distribute that equally amongst everyone. One who I've done wrong by, and I really want to do better and be fully accountable for everything that I've done. So that being said, I want to make a few things clear. Um, I've always taken no for an answer. Um, as far as consent, I've never uh, overstepped that line. Um, but, you know, I think I want to have a more nuanced and important conversation about power dynamics, pressure and uh, coercion. Because, you know, like I said, I think for, for a long time, I was behaving in a way that I actually thought was normal. Um, I thought that, you know, going home from the bar alone made you a loser. Um, I thought that persistent. So I, I grew up, uh, I'm older than Andrew, so I, I grew up with even uh, toxier toxicity of male thought like trust me i like i grew up with the same shit okay dudes are supposed to the 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 you know you're supposed to be able to get the girls you're supposed to be able to get the chicks you're supposed to be able to slay if you're a real man all that kind of, yeah i grew up with that shit but that never made me follow people home like the thing that really fucks uh that sucks about this um sorry that really fucking sucks about this is that like 
there's multiple stories outside of the ones that he acknowledges at the beginning where he's basically like, uh, I guess uh, in terms of uh, coercion, uh, I, I may have, uh, you know, had coerced consent rather than regular consent. And that's an important discussion and I want us to explore this. And obviously uh, I realize now the error of my ways kind of thing. Um, th those are a couple of the stories. You're also accused of physical violence, of uh, trying to sexually assault someone in a vehicle who had to uh, obviously drive erratically and start hitting you to try and get you to stop. You're accused of following people home and scaring the ever-loving fuck out of them. Other people in other towns have accused you of either uh, trying to take home minors and or even sleeping with minors. Like, there's a lot more things down the list of stuff to suddenly be like, I, you know, I I, I thought that it was normal to, to think this way. And like, yeah, there's a lot of fucked up shit that we normalize, uh, especially just as a culture. Uh, and, and, you know, speaking to that, obviously, good stuff, awesome. We should be having those kind of conversations. But that's not it was a form of flattery and I thought that you know if at first somebody was reluctant you know they're playing hard to get just try harder and if you think someone's feeling you you know make a physical advance and uh, see if they go with it and I think that especially I realized when so many uh, young people especially young men rushed to defend me uh, when this stuff first started coming out that this type of sex pest behavior is normalized and a lot of people think this stuff is normal when I don't think that it is. And I think that I wanna be fully responsible for not having a fluid understanding. And that little part there, that's like one of the parts I agree with. I, I totally agree with that statement. I think it is an important conversation. I think a lot of that shit is normalized. Uh, and I think obviously if we could have those kind of talks, that, that part is important. But again, th that in and of itself, you haven't gotten to a lot of the worst things that you've been accused of. Of consent and what enthusiastic two-way consent looks like. Um, that being said, a lot of the things that have been said online about me uh, are not true. A lot of things are missing really important contextual information that I think would change people's interpretation of a lot of these situations, but I'm not here to invalidate anybody's lived experience. His lawyer also suggested that some of this might be related to money, which was a massive yikes. Uh, if you feel pressured, you know, that's just what it is. I hope that young people and young men in particular can use my mistakes to learn and uh, move through life with a better understanding of consent. Um, as far as what I have planned, I'm not really sure what comes next. I mean, obviously, you know, reporting is my one true love and I'm 25 years old and I have my whole life ahead of me. But I really think that I need to do some serious work on myself and uh, figure myself out. So I'm going to start therapy sessions pretty much immediately. And again, like, yeah, there's no question there's a problem with uh, negative masculinity, the way we reinforce stereotypes, the way men are supposed to act and engage in a certain way. We need to work towards destroying that. That being said, the majority of men are not accused of uh, rape. The majority of men are not accused, uh, you know, like it's one of those things where like, yes, those things do exist and they need to be talked about. But like you are accused by a number of people in a number of different areas uh, across the United States of engaging in acts that range from uh, sexual harassment, following people home, all the way up to straight sexual assault. Like that's it's it's, it's not exactly a simple case of just like. Well, you know, the, the, I was raised to think that if you go uh, home from the bar alone, you're a loser. And I was also uh, raised to think that, like, you know, if someone is showing interest, you make an advance. And then so because of that, you know, and also the alcohol plays a large part in this. And so that's the other reason. Um, also, not to blame alcohol, but I truly believe that uh, alcohol was a contributing factor to my poor decision making. And I think that alcohol in general has had a devastating impact on my life. 
So I think I'm gonna. Uh... Am I not even thinking that respecting boundaries and taking no for an answer is common sense? Well, only in the sense that, like, that's the reason last time we were talking about Andrew, I wanted to play that video on enthusiastic consent as well as other forms. Is that I think sometimes people take for granted, especially dudes, that it's going to be very easy for a woman at all times in every situation to just be like, no. And be very clear about that like no and so it's like oh okay she, she has said uh, the word no no means no and so this is the end of the conversation and then we're done because like i can definitely relate to other parts in my life where someone's asking me something and i directly be like no like when when do you do that in normal life if someone's like hey by the way can i borrow your car tomorrow i need to use it uh, blah 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 to help out i know i didn't drive that great last time are you gonna be like no or are you gonna be like uh oh i'd love to uh but uh, it's it's gonna be in the shop tomorrow. Uh, unfortunately, like something's wrong with it. I, I, next time, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Super sorry. Maybe ask someone else. Blah blah. blah. Like you know, because people don't do that. They don't act that hyper confrontational at all times. So it's just like a clear. Oh no, has been said. No. Uh, especially if you start adding other factors. If you add alcohol. If you add the individual in question is scared and or nervous. Uh, perhaps they fear for their safety. Uh, or uh, you know any other multitude of reasons. Um, it may make it more difficult for an individual to just straight up be like no, you know, and straight up establish that boundary. So now we know, you know, uh, no means no. Uh, make the decision to join the twelve-step program for Alcoholics Anonymous, and during this journey into sobriety, I want to take a serious step back from public life and, like I said, figure myself out. Um, and I hope that this reaches uh, the ears of anyone who's felt affected by me. Um, I'd love. To reach out to you or you can reach out to me even just for me to say i'm sorry and i really apologize and i appreciate you all um, i also want to apologize to um my closest collaborators you know my friends my family and people who will have to wear this stain on their career see that's an apology and again i i'm assuming the first part and the reason he doesn't directly apologize to the victims is because uh, legally speaking the lawyer would have been like don't do that if you do that again that's the admission of guilt so you don't you don't offer your uh, your respect uh your your empathy you know that kind of stuff but that you know be very careful but right here it's like i'd like to directly apologize to all of the other content creators uh who i was good friends with you know hassan h3 all these other big people uh you're the ones i really let down forever um you guys don't deserve this and uh I love you guys. Uh, that being said, uh, if you never want to watch Channel 5 again, um, I understand. Um, I hope you remember the uh, missions of radical empathy and uh, media literacy uh, that we have tried to put into the world through our, through our coverage. Um, all right, that's all I want to say. So that ending part, people have actually pulled up with transcript to be like, Lance, he did apologize, your line. And... Uh, gotta pull it up again because the way he words it is not an apology to the victims and that's like this should be the bare minimum everybody uh there has to apologize for my silence okay let's keep going i'm sorry i want to apologize i appreciate you all i also want to apologize to him my closest collaborators okay so here it is and I hope this reaches the ears of anyone who's felt affected by me. I'd love to reach out to you, or you can reach out to me, even just for me to say I'm sorry, and I really apologize and appreciate you all. I also want to apologize to him. This is not apologizing directly to the victims. This broad sentence can, can include you right now in the chat, if you felt uh, in, in some way uh, affected by him. If you felt affected by me, I apologize to you. 
the people who watch him can be affected by him people who don't know who he is can be affected by him people if you have to explain oh yeah there's this guy on the internet channel five it's like oh wow this story is affecting me because it's, it's being told to me right it's it's such a a, a, a a generic statement that again i'm just saying this has to be the fucking bare minimum you, you can't like and the amount of people who are like oh andrew just knocked this one out of the park this is this is golden I, I i don't care whether or not uh he's sad enough i don't care whether or not he's tearful enough uh it, it matters for the restorative justice that i'm sure most people want to uh, see uh that he acknowledges what he did was wrong and apologized to the victims but directly um this story also came out i think the day or two before him more women accuse youtuber andrew callahan of sexual misconduct and assault his lawyer won't let us publish uh, her response on his behalf in video posted online over the weekend, the Seattle-raised documentary filmmaker Andrew Callahan was accused of assault and sexual coercion by multiple women in incidents that allegedly date back several years. The stranger spoke to one of those women and two others who have yet to come forward publicly. Callahan, who gained a following for his YouTube channel All Gas No Breaks and Channel 5, as well as his most recent HBO documentary, This Place Rules, where he conducted man-on-the-street-style interviews with election deniers, responded to a request for comment on the specific allegations reported in this story by way of his lawyer, who stated that the response was on background and not for publication. Callahan had initially responded for sure via text when asked on January 10th if he would provide comment. However, in a statement from his legal representative provided to Variety on January 12th and then later to The Stranger on January 13th, he didn't specifically deny any of the allegations, though he did make vague references to money being involved. Uh, we've all heard the lawyer's statement already. Since then, other women have posted similar stories of coercion. The stranger spoke to two of them, both from the Seattle area. Those women said Callahan tried to coerce them to perform sexual acts, and they provided screenshots of contemporaneous messages recounting their allegations against the filmmaker. In a phone interview, Caroline said she met Callahan in the March of 2021 when she traveled to Miami to shoot spring break footage for a project. I was under the impression that Andrew had nowhere else to stay that night. I now realize I was naive. At the time, I thought my only option was to cave in uh, to what he repeatedly was asking of me and ignoring all my different versions of no. No, I'm tired sorry i have to be up early is it okay if we just go to sleep i'm really tired i thought i would just uh, make it to the night end frozen in fear i thought that was my only option caroline said this night brought back trauma from when she'd previously been assaulted the first time i was sexually assaulted by someone else i was 14 I uh, don't need to read uh, your sexual assault story. It's a little more personal than the magazine should have published. Uh, I was sure that if they hadn't, I would have been the next target to take the anger out since he didn't fully get away with what he wanted. When a situation happened with Andrew years later, I was immediately brought back to the moment when I was a child. A lot of skeptics are asking why I didn't do more to prevent myself from being coerced. It was fear. You might think that you know someone, but you never know how they might react if you don't give them what they want. The day after Callahan crashed at her place, Caroline told multiple friends about the incident. She recounted the story in a text message a few months afterwards, and two of her friends say they recall discussing it the day after caroline also sent callahan several times or texted callahan several times in one of the replies he said the last thing i want to do is make you feel any sort of pressure whatsoever in those messages he later acknowledged that their encounter and his persistence had brought up trauma from past situations this wasn't the first time that callahan allegedly pressured someone with unwanted sexual advances anna a pseudonym for another woman who spoke to the stranger said she went to the same middle school as callahan in seattle later in summer 2016 when she was 18 and callahan was 19 she said she matched with him on a dating app tinder she said the two of them talked a little bit and then planned to get coffee. These plans were eventually changed to going back to a nearby apartment on Capitol Hill. From the jump, I was caught off guard by how quickly the tone of the evening shifted. At one point, Andrew, I assume purposefully, poured wine on my shirt and then proceeded to take off my shirt and then lick the wine off my bare chest. This happened very abruptly and I completely froze up. I felt unsafe and incredibly violated. She said she hadn't intended for the meeting to become sexual and subsequently tried to explain that to Callahan, who she said remained persistent, taking her hand and making her touch his penis. 
After providing many physical cues of my discomfort, I eventually made it clear verbally that I was not interested in continuing things. He wasn't taking a simple no for an answer, and consequently it turned into me trying to make up an array of excuses as to why I didn't want to have sex. He kept insisting that I needed to get him off because I was giving him blue balls by not having sex with him. He repeated that phrase many times, Anna said. It was a long back and forth of him trying to guilt me into sexual acts. Anna said that she eventually gave Callahan a ride to her friend's house because she just wanted the night to be over. I left the experience feeling violated, confused, and incredibly disrespected. For years, I've tried to write this off as an incident which I gave Andrew the benefit of the doubt that he has some sort of dumb 19 year old didn't have any grasp of the concept of consent yet and that hopefully he had grown up and learned better but after seeing the following he had masked and learned about his other accounts with women he's harassed and assaulted it feels essential to come out about this experience and hold Andrew accountable for his pattern actions in an interview one of Anna's friends said she told him about the incident at the time Anna also showed the stranger screenshots and messages she sent to multiple people between 2019 and 2020 outlining these same allegations and again it's all additional information just so uh, people believe her andrew never addressed any of this by the way i haven't even seen other people address these stories that came out of the strangers kind of like now the apologies out there that's the new narrative now we've moved on to that at first he's a very charismatic person easy to get along with jane said basically right off the bat i let him know i wasn't interested after the first meeting, Jane exchanged messages with a mutual friend who said Callahan was known for being frisky, and Jane said she left the, uh, the, lead, uh, the meeting left her feeling sus. However, the following year, she ran into him again when they were both in the Lower East Side bar in New York, she said. I'd already uh, been out with some of my friends throughout the day, so we were really drunk, Jane said. Everybody was hanging out. At first, everything seemed normal. At some point, we went to upstairs area. There were some other people there at first, but they left. Uh, then they just started making moves on me. Oh, then he just started making moves on me, kissing me, groping me, moving my hands to touch him, forcing my head down. She said she wasn't sure how to respond but she tried to get away from Callahan only for, uh, for him to follow her. I stood up and just walked out of there and went straight to the train. I was sitting there waiting for the train and Andrew showed up. He had followed me there. While I remember him saying throughout the night that he had been staying somewhere nearby, he also was saying it wasn't a good situation and asking if he could go stay where I was staying. He was pleading with me to go with him. I yelled at him and told him to go away. I was like, leave me alone. He did leave and I felt part of the reason he did was because there were other people on the platform and they heard me screaming. In messages she sent to a friend shortly thereafter, which she shared with the stranger, she described recalling the encounter as a personal hell of my own flashbacks and that she was traumatized. When Jane returned to Seattle a little after a week, she said she ran into Callahan again. He just came up to me, sat right next to me, and was being really touchy. I felt frozen in that moment. Jane sent Callahan a message the next day where she said, Our interaction got a bit uncomfortable yesterday, and I'm only interested in being platonic friends with you. Callahan responded by saying, Yeah, I didn't think yesterday was uncomfortable, but he also said that he was drunk as fuck in New York before sending a heart message along with a request to see her again. Jane said his response made her uncomfortable, and she blocked him after that. She felt he dismissed her concerns. I remember hoping that he would take accountability for making me feel uncomfortable and making moves while I was too drunk to consent, and it was not an easy message to send. I felt that his response brushed it off. We'll update the story of Callahan or his attorney respond and record uh, for our request to comment. If you have anything to the story, email us. Um, these two stories, by the way, which are, I guess, relatively new in the sense that like they were alluded to in some of the, the messages that other people were talking about, and now you actually have more of the details. Um, it's it's more simply than just like ignoring unwanted advances. Uh, this is straight sexual assault. Uh, in, in one case, uh, intentionally pouring wine on someone and then pulling the shirt off and licking it off. Uh, and again, these are accusations. Uh, this is just uh, one side of the story. Andrew has said that there's obviously more, uh, if people knew some more context of these stories, it might change their opinion of it. Um, 
but we're seeing a pattern, right? You're seeing a, 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 a multiple instances of a, a variety of witnesses in different scenarios, different times, and in different areas uh, claiming a similar pattern of uh, constant forcible uh, both co coercion and physical advances uh, to the point where people are straight running away from him and he's following them to train stations trying to go home with them. Uh, again, uh, allegedly. Uh, but all that being said, like... None of this stuff was addressed, you know? None of this stuff w was brought up. And I know everyone is, like, you know, in a weird place. Uh, their hero uh, is, is suddenly a monster before their very eyes, or they just really want things to go back to normal, and or they feel that this is somehow acceptable. Um, but this, we have to hold uh, everyone to a higher standard. Uh, like, everybody. Uh, it can't just be something of the severity uh, has come out uh, and then uh, a very uh, generic statement is made about how we have to have a conversation about things like consent and coerced consent and I was I was simply raised to believe that uh, you know this is the way a man should be and uh, uh, alcohol played a really big part in this and that I'm going to be seeking uh, treatment for my alcoholism and uh, all that kind of stuff and I totally understand if you can't watch my content anymore and obviously I'm really sorry I really deeply want to apologize to all the fellow content creators massive content creators uh, who have have obviously uh, been in some complicated uh, heat because of all this. So yeah, I mean, like th th that can't be uh, the the applause. Like oh oh oh, good, that's restorative justice. That there's there's the gold star. Andrew certainly sent the standard. And again, uh, I, I I don't care about reaching a certain level of uh, forgive me tears or any shit like that. Uh, it, it would go a long way just to actually acknowledge what you've done and directly uh, address uh, the survivors and uh, you know work towards not only raising awareness about this kind of stuff if you have to have a, a public uh, spotlight uh, still well if that's what you have to do then use it towards again fundraising for uh, women's shelters bringing attention to abuse survivors uh, that that kind of stuff it's what he has to say to not incriminate himself yeah I know I'm saying like that that whole thing clearly has, has been looked over by a lawyer but that doesn't mean then I accept the apology as a, like well that's the first step in restorative justice he's done it uh, it's more like this is the first step in returning his career that's what this whole thing feels like right now. I, I'm going to do, uh, you know, the, the, the things. I I went to uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. It was really the alcohol more than anything that was causing this. Uh, I've been to therapy, so I've worked my way through all these issues. So I'm ready to get back and do important work. And uh, here we go, kind of stuff. Um, if there's instances of him straight up doing, like, physical assault or sexual assault uh, uh, on individuals, especially of minors, um, that, uh, that should be uh, criminally investigated. Absolutely it should, you know? I was kind of curious what um, people were saying. Listen, I, I wanted to start the show um, today to just uh, acknowledge these uh, Andrew Callaghan allegations. Um, I've asked Doug and Vic to step out because I didn't want them sitting behind me, uh, not knowing what to do, not knowing where to look. But um, I also want to apologize for not speaking about this uh, for any of us speaking about this, I think, um, you know, we, you know, it's been a very painful week. That's really good of him to do, by the way, just as a, you know, um, 
lesson if you have people who work with you in your office and, and you're about to do something serious, like talk about uh, sexual assault or sexual abuse, uh, don't force your employees and or your coworkers if they're not comfortable to have to sit there and stand there with you, uh, especially unprovoked, worse than anything. But yeah, it's pretty much like the most mature thing you can do is like if you'd like to step out for this following thing, I'm going to have to talk about something very difficult. For us. Especially if you've got like a silly uh, show, right? Like the same thing. Like if I had other people who worked with me, if I was doing this beyond myself, uh, I, you know, and it's like, oh, it's the surfs. He's going to do the voices. Whoop, whoop, all that kind of stuff, right? Uh, I would definitely be like, yes, yeah, so this uh, next next part. We're not we're not doing the, the, the voices and the sound effects. It's a very um, difficult experience to process it. And we didn't want to just rush out and say something um, that felt insincere or, um, you know, kind of like... Uh, crisis person told us what to say kind of thing that, that I don't think that's helpful um, and we just want to wrap our heads around it and talk about it and, and try to understand it more um, but of course we're aware of the allegations um, we take them very seriously and uh, it's just been very sad and and just you know disappointing to say the least um, I just want to clarify a couple things. Um, we, you know, have no professional relationship with Andrew at this at this time, and and have no plans going forward to have um, any any um, relationship with him. Um, our role with him is we produced the film that a lot of you guys have uh, seen. Um, you know, there's been a little. Confusion about the Channel 5 name, that's Andrew's uh, name, Channel 5. It has nothing to do with Eric and I's um, channel. It's weird that this comes off a bit of as a bit because of Tim's content. Isn't that strange, hey? Like, if you actually know about Tim and Heidecker, like, all they do is just, like, surrealism and surreal horror and uh, all, all this kind of weird alt comedy. Like, it's not even, like... A comedy you can easily recommend to people it's kind of like well if you have friends who are super weirdos and like alternative comedy this could be something they like where it's both funny and haunting <laughs> but then yeah when you have to actually give like a very serious speech obviously oh, five I think name. it's another it was a bit of confusion for for us as well but um maybe ask your dog if they would like to leave the room we did she produce not movie, here you know and I, I feel terrible that this film now has these allegations tied to it because some very good people worked very hard on it. That's got to be also brutal. Like, that's the thing people need to remember about all this is that, like, movies, <laughs> they're collaborative efforts all, all the way from the ground up. There's there's a ton of people behind the scenes. I, I say this to some who's worked in the shittiest positions in cinema before, uh, you know, PAs, fucking grips, just running around doing stuff for other people. It's a lot of hard work, a lot of manual labor, too, a lot of, like, lifting a lot of heavy stuff and, and, and lighting and equipment in and out of uh, trucks uh, on, on long-ass 16-hour shifts. Um, th those are the people behind the scenes, uh, the blue-collar workers, whatever you want to call them, who get completely fucked over when the star at the center of an entire thing turns out to be a sexually assaulting weirdo, you know? Like, it's... Uh, and not only being a sexually assaulting weirdo, but potentially doing it on tour with multiple people in multiple different states and then completely, you know, destroying everything that you had built. Um, and so, you know, that's when other people have to come out and be like, yeah, this, this doesn't speak to all the other people who put hours uh, into something and believed in it. Um, but it's just a movie, and I want to say that we believe these women... Uh, that came forward and, and of course, totally condemn the 
type of behavior that Andrew's being accused of. Um, and I, I believe that's up to Andrew to uh, address these allegations and do so openly and honestly. And I, I, really, um, I really hope he does, you know, do that as soon as possible. Um, and that's really all I have to say about it uh, right now. Um, I'm not going to be, we're not going to talk about it during the show. That's why we didn't start with the opening. That's why uh, Vic and Doug aren't here. I'm going to try to, as Vic says, put, this, uh, put these negative thoughts and acknowledge them and, and try, to, uh, try to have fun and, and you know, <laughs> know that this is something that Andrew has to, has to, has to address. Um, I just also finally want to say, um, you know, I have a daughter, and as I read about this stuff and learn about this stuff, it's the last thing in the world that I'd want to uh, have happen is, is, is uh, you know, what's been, what's been talked about in this, uh, with these allegations. And I have a, a son, and I want to make sure that as we raise him, my wife and I raise him, that we raise him to understand and respect uh, women and grow up to be a good and honorable person. And finally, I just wish, you know, peace and love for everybody involved. It's a terrible situation, uh, but it's, it's happening, you know, in real time, and we're trying to process uh, There was a, well, there's a new video that just came out. I want to talk about my experience with Andrew Callahan. Um, I was really shocked to read what was coming out in the news about him um, because it was very similar to my interaction with him. Um, I want to be clear that he did not traumatize me in this situation. Um, when I look back on that experience, I thought it was kind of funny that this guy who's got so many followers was um like kind of creepy <laughs> like, like you know I um I don't know I look back on it and I'm I'm not met with feelings of ve being violated but I know a lot of women did have experiences that were worse than mine and did feel violated and I think that putting my story forward is important because it just further emphasizes the, the pattern of his behavior. So about two and a half years ago, maybe three years ago, um, Andrew was in Gainesville, Florida, which is where I was living. And he was asking if anyone knew where um, this guy Dennis was because he wanted to interview him. Dennis was this guy who wore little mini shorts and would scream things at people on street corners. And he was kind of like a meme of Gainesville and he wanted to interview him. I saw that on his story that he was asking if anybody knew him or where he was. And as I was reading it, um, Dennis happened to walk right in front of my car. And so I swiped up on his story and said, oh my God, like, you know, he's right here. Check this road. He's right by uh, my house. And he responded with um, something about uh, pulling up to a bar, that he was at a bar and wanted me to meet with him there. Now, I want to understand something. 
Um, I have screenshots of some of the DMs with him. I don't have screenshots of everything. And I wonder if you guys know if it's possible for somebody to delete a conversation on their end and it doesn't show up on your Instagram anymore. Um, otherwise, I guess I deleted them. I don't know why I would have. Um, but I did, I did screenshot a couple of the DMs, so I'll include those here. Pause to read. Uh, I, you are in my hood. Are you going to the protest? Instagram story. Oh my God, check out Archer Road. You're inside my hood. I legit live there where he hangs out. Thanks for the info. Pull up to the bar. Lamau, are you at Main Street? I have a puppy with me. That's cool. Pull up. So, um, for some context, he was at this bar in town and, um, my puppy was visiting with me. He had really bad separation anxiety and I couldn't leave him. And I was saying that to him. I said, I can't. My puppy's with me. And in the later DMs, which, okay, I guess go to part two. Oh, it's a three-parter. Okay, part two. Um, in later DMs, which again, I don't know why they disappeared, but I, that's all I have. Um, he was just like being pretty insistent, like, just, just come, bring your dog. Um, that's fine. Just bring your dog. Come to the bar. And I thought, okay, like, this is... A unique experience I'll just go for one drink and it'll be fine and so I drove down to the bar and I walk in and it's like all guys there um there wasn't any really many women hanging around and um I saw him he immediately knew who I was from my Instagram and he um gave me a hug and was you know talking to me and um I go to order myself a drink and there was a a drink on the menu that was called the slutty redhead and um I kind of laughed at that and he asked me if I was a slutty redhead and I said no <laughs> you know no um and like you know I thought that was whatever and and we moved on in the conversation and then I finished my drink. It was time for me to go. And um, I was like saying goodbye. Um, and I got a picture with him, which I'll insert that here. So that was us at the bar, me saying goodbye. And so I tell him I got to go uh, be with my dog. He, um, this was during the time when he was driving the RV around, I think. And he was like, oh, you should come back to the rv with us bad joke not the worst when everything ends up oh i mean that's, that's in terms of you know things he's done that's just cringe <laughs> so it's like oh the new story came out about andrew callahan he used this pickup line and be like oh yeah that's cringe but that's that's nothing beyond cringe and i was like oh you know i i can't really do that i gotta go and he's like no you should you know and i'm like i i drove here like i'm good and he says well let me drive you home then or he either said that or we'll take an Uber together. I don't remember. It was, like like I said, like three years ago. Um, but he was saying, like, no, just, like, I'll take you home. And then he was saying, why don't you come back to the hotel with me? And I said no again. And he repeated that a few times. Um, and I, you know, I left. <laughs> so, you know, I like I said, I was not traumatized by this experience. However, I do think that um, there is certainly a pattern of behavior here. Um, I don't know. I was just, I was shocked to hear 
about what happened because I'd never heard anything but positive things about Andrew. Um, and it was just so bizarrely familiar. The Yeah, I mean, this isn't actually uh, an accusation of anything inappropriate whatsoever. Um, but it's just more like she's, I think, adding to, hey, by the way, I've heard all these stories that range from, uh, you know, sexual coercion to sexual assault to physical assault. Uh, I just want to let you know that I also met him and it seemed like he was like a little bit pushy, I guess. Uh, the other one that just got posted, this says an anonymous accuser has come forward accusing Andrew Callahan of stealthing. Okay, so I have a really hard time focusing. Like I said, I'll do my best to be quick here, but if you're going to get upset with all the parts that I'm going to have to create to speak openly and honestly, then that's just how it's going to be. Um, and I appreciate you taking the time to listen um, and understand and respond however you choose to respond to this. So I originally matched with Andrew on Hinge, um, where I got permanently banned from, as well as Tinder, um, due to the nature of my work as a, an adult performer. And um, just being open about it, uh, they consider that, like, you know, you're promoting yourself. Um, I just had my Instagram attached, so whatever. Uh, it happens to us on all platforms. Um, I reached out to him on my main Instagram, which later got taken down as well um and so the original proof of me reaching out like i don't have that to send it doesn't really matter i have our text messages i'm not going to show you his phone number to prove it uh if someone who knows him and his phone number wants to prove it they're welcome to but he and his main circle should probably know who i am at this point but <laughs> yeah anyways um <sighs> when i reach out on instagram um he had asked, you know, where did we match? Uh, I told him LA and he said, cool. He's uh, in New Jersey at the time visiting family and we'll be back that weekend. We can meet up at a bar downtown um, where I used to live nearby. Um, and so, yeah, uh, that night reached out to him. He said he got busy editing. He needed just a few more hours, um, which I was like, cool. I'm gonna go out to eat with my cousins. Um, afterwards, dropped my kid off with the babysitter, got ready, it looked cute, ready to go out. Um, and then he was gonna come by my place. I figured he'd pick me up and we'd go together. But um, he was walking up to the door, pretty much wearing pajamas, and was like, all right, we're gonna go upstairs. Um, so I asked him about the bar, if we're gonna go out still. And he's like, no, I figured it's late now, we might as well just go up to your place. Uh, and you know, I was hesitant, but I did want to hang out with him. So, you know, I invited him up. I figured we'd talk and like, I know the implications of inviting someone up to your place late at night. Um, but honestly, he seemed harmless and, you know, a person with a platform of any extent, you know, they have an image to uphold. So I figured, you know, he wasn't gonna like harm me. I didn't think that was a possibility. Um, so we go upstairs and just get to know each other a bit. Um, you know, he mentioned his work and I'd never been a follower of his or, you know, actively seen his stuff. I um, recognize him, of course, because of Minneapolis. Relic Gnome, implication, I just assume you invite someone over to talk. Well, 
there's a large section of the internet that feels and uh, tries to propagate this idea that if you invite someone over to your house, if you are an adult and you're inviting someone else who's an adult over to your place, who uh, are both uh, within, like, say, uh, you know, uh, the sexual attraction range of each other. It's not like, you know, a, a gay person and a non-gay person. It's two people who are attracted to, to, to each other, whatever. Then there's an implication that there could be a sexual encounter therein. And so if you don't want to have a sexual encounter, don't ever invite them in. There, like, there's a there's a section of the internet that's really trying to propagate that idea and what i try to tell people is there's a huge difference between saying to someone hey by the way uh you shouldn't go to x location because x location is known for being very dangerous hey, you shouldn't go to this specific bar it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman uh it's known for violence it's known for drugs it's known for sexual assaults you probably shouldn't go there so that's different than uh after the fact after something has happened uh then being like well i mean uh you probably shouldn't invite people over to your house uh because uh, if you do that uh uh, this could happen, right? Uh, like, sexual assault is always 100% at the fault of the sexual assaulter. Uh, there's there's no, like, maybe you were, uh, maybe you were dressed slutty, maybe you had too much to drink, all this kind of shit like that. Um, and so, if someone wants to come out and be like, well, in the first place, uh, you know, I'm going to use they because I don't know what their pronouns are, uh, they shouldn't have invited him uh, in the house in the first place. So that was your first mistake. Like, None of that matters if someone's been assaulted at that point. You're not looking to be like, well, how could you have stopped this? Uh, well, the person couldn't have sexually assaulted them. That, that that's that's one way. That's protests. Um, I was a journalism major, and so yeah, I respected that. Um, and uh, he interviewed someone that I went to high school with in Florida. So our high school group chat message like rules, um, is where like, yeah. I think I first saw him. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, I matched with him because, you know, he's got, he's pretty much my type. He looks like a few of my exes, uh, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I didn't, you know, initially reach out to him because of, like, his work, you know. But, so I was telling him about my high school friend that he interviewed, and uh, pretty much after that conversation, he just, you know, went in for a kiss pretty aggressively, didn't ask but you know i didn't stop him i kind of hesitated and then we started hooking up and you know i did like him i was attracted to him and so you know after hooking up for a few minutes he signaled you know he wanted to do something else um i pretty much told him that i was on my period and you know i didn't want to do anything more but he pretty much was like oh he didn't mind like we can continue um so, you know, I just kind of felt like, you know, all right, I guess we can continue. We're already here. So, um, yeah, uh, after a little bit of what I could describe as his version of uh, hookup hot shot, that's, I think, pretty much what he might, um, if you recognize or understand, you know, that is pretty much, that was what happened from there and um he asked to film the interaction pretty much like yeah you know okay i do that for work but i just kind of felt like in a weird position i did hesitate it was like no i don't think so um Jesus. i'm just you know like i don't film content with people i'm a, a solo creator only um but he said it's okay he'll send it to me don't worry um and so then I was like, okay, fine. As long as you're using my phone, you know, I'm safe. Like I could send it to you or not, whatever. Um, 
affiliate. <laughs> and so, yeah, anyways, he did that with Flash. Um, okay, whatever. Uh, we continued afterwards. Um, we didn't have penetrated sex because I was on my period and that's a little sacred to me, um, with my beliefs and, uh, yeah. When we were done, um, I did say I was going to send him the video, uh, and we held hands and, yeah, talked a lot more. Um, he looked around my place. I guess he noticed the picture of my kid. Um, and when he noticed that, uh, because he didn't still have me on hinge, you couldn't see I was a mom. Um, and I realized that. Um, but he started talking about how he wanted kids and a family and how he, like, really wanted that for his future. Um, like, while holding my hand and all that. And so, like, whatever. Um, before he was gonna leave, he pretty much, like, waited and made sure I sent him the video right then and there. Which, you know, okay, fair. Um, I was probably gonna delete it if he left. So, whatever. Um, uh, yeah, we did continue the relationship after that. Um, but, yeah, the main thing I do want to talk about... And, um, I guess could be considered a form of SA. Um, I've just had a hard time coming to terms with it. And because I did like him and it was consensual, I wanted a relationship. Um, and I just feel like this part specifically, I want to mention, like, as a single mom myself, or just as any woman who is wanting a family and a future in love like that, <laughs> If you guys talk about this on the first date, this signals that it's, you know, that that's like a clear potential that it's okay. Wait, is this more than just like a quick hookup? Like I was cool with that, you know, like, okay, if that's what this is, you know, like you have your thing, like nice to see you, meet you, bye. <laughs> but he made it clear he wanted to continue a relationship. Um, and he even mentioned that there's been issues in the past because of his, like, you know, he didn't want to say his ego and you know, with his whatever platform. Um, and I guess he was referring to these allegations that happened prior to us meeting. Um, he just really made it like he, he did. We talked about consent and, you know, he did afterwards uh, um, and the whole thing. And so he did seem pretty genuine and like, you know, maybe he says this to everybody. Maybe he doesn't, you know, maybe, you know, it was genuine, but at this point, I don't think it was. I feel like it was like an emotional manipulation. <laughs> I think it goes a little deeper and I just, I don't want to get emotional. And this is, this is why I haven't brought this up because I'm, you know, how deep my emotions did get. And it just really sucks. I didn't want to come forward because I, I do care about him and I don't want this to hurt him anymore, but it's, it needs to be said. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, so I met Andrew Callahan almost a couple years ago now, um, and I spoke to him maybe this spring or summer. Um, we had an intimate relationship, and I thought it was mostly consensual, but he did always push my boundaries and, uh, you know, felt pressured at times. There have been many things that have been huge red flags that I've clearly stayed blind to, but the last time I saw him and we were intimate together, I feel like, 
he took advantage of the fact I liked him so much and pretty much went stealth on me, technically. Um, we've been very clear about wearing condoms from the first day we met. Um, since I am a single mom, I'm not on birth control and, you know, I won't choose abortion for myself at this point in my life. And uh, he was fully aware of that. Um, he still chose to insert his penis without a condom and um, I didn't realize until he was already going and you know I liked him so much I just let it continue and I even felt like maybe this was a step towards you know maybe something more serious he knew I wanted a relationship we talked about it multiple times I've even cut off the relationship saying I didn't want to hook up and then he pretty much got me back because he said you know other things I'll get into, um, but yeah, I do have a serious fear of SEDs, and I knew Andrew had a list of bitches, which is something that he said, or a list of bitches down for a threesome, specifically, and so, like, I can only imagine how many lists he has at this point after reading some of these things I've been saying, but yeah, it just grossed me out, and so I asked him later if he gets checked for STDs. It's really important to me, my sexual health. Um, he claims that he actively does go to get checked and he never has sex without protection, which is totally a lie now that I've read some things. He he just wanted to make me feel special or like downplay the fact he technically like assaulted me. Like I didn't see it like that because you know I wanted that and I you know I refused to see it like that. Um even though I have mentioned it to people and they're like, oh, you know, like, yeah, whatever. I never felt I could talk about this and the other instances where he didn't actually respect my boundaries because I do work in the adult entertainment industry and... Yeah, stealthing is a form of rape. Um, if you're unaware, it's the practice of either not wearing a condom or removing a condom mid-sex without the consent of your partner knowing that you're doing that. I'm so opposite of social climbing and cloud chasing to the point I refuse to work with other creators and I only create solo content. I don't collaborate and even network and I suffer with PTSD and severe anxiety um, disorder. I have pretty bad panic attacks. Um, so uh, here I am. Um, I've stopped dating completely and been abstinent after what happened with Andrew. It's actually affected other parts of my life. I just, I feel pathetic talking about um, uh, I never made a big deal to him directly besides checking the STD thing. Um, it's just because I was holding back anger, honestly, and I wanted to be calm and bring it up to him in person so that we could really discuss it. I knew his influence in the social media world and it could seriously affect my work, um, especially because he has direct connections with many top adult industry creators. Like, <laughs> so I just had no, I had every reason not to say anything and not think and just, you know, let, let it go. <laughs> so I couldn't stand by and not share my story because 
you know, I, I've been seeing all these things, especially like the fact that he was looking for love and stuff. And, you know, I'm not butthurt by that. Yeah, um, he really crossed my boundaries. Um, and I hold that very sacred, um, you know, yeah, condom is a condom. And you're still doing that act, but it's, you know, protecting that skin to skin contact and um, just like the emotional manipulation that went like throughout the entire everything just to like continue it and to keep me coming back. Um, it definitely hurts um, and it's very manipulative and I can only imagine that he's doing it to other people that want serious relationships even though he's clearly not ready but as long as he's, I, I think he has potential to be the person that everyone thinks he is. Um, I know that he was what it seemed to be working on consent and those communications, but he just never continued it and he hasn't respond, responded since. So at this point, he's clearly going back um, to his old ways or just he needs to confront the situation. I'm just here to help. So this is obviously an incredibly serious story. Um, I think this one just came up today as well. Um, so there's, like we've already said when we're talking about Andrew, there's a long pattern of him, uh, you know, clearly uh, uh, creating a multitude of different, uh, you know, uh, Everything from uh, sexual harassment uh, to sexual assault to uh, physical assault. Uh, in this case, this is an accusation of stealthing, uh, which is yet again another form of sexual assault. Um, like I said, I, I don't think that statement uh, that he made does anything more than basically set up uh, the pieces to be able to be like, well, how could we get back to doing business as usual in three months, four months? Okay, let's let's go down this road. Let's do these steps, right? Um, and in case of the story, of course, obviously, uh, these are incredibly complicated uh, situations to be in. Uh, for for people uh, in any way, I don't know, you know, everyone who's watching me, obviously, I don't think I'm preaching to anyone, but anyone who's unaware, uh, consistently trying to coerce someone into having sex with you for a variety of ways, whether that is uh, uh, stating that you want to be in a relationship with them when you don't want to be in a relationship with them, stating that you want to have kids with them when you don't intend on having kids with them, uh, stating that you love them when you don't love them, uh, doing anything in service of maybe can they have sex with me if I just do the right code here, if I figure it out, will they finally give in? Uh, yeah, that, that's you trying to coerce them into sex. It's not consensual. Um, and uh, even if you're in what feels to be a relationship, the other partner, and in this case, this is an example of someone else, this is, of course, the allegations, but the other, the other party uh, is doing more than they would have felt comfortable doing otherwise because the person is leading them on saying, hey, by the way, I see you've got a kid. I've always wanted kids. I want to be serious, blah, blah, blah. By the way, here's also uh, the list of people we can have threesomes with and all this other kind of shit. Um, and yeah, this is obviously uh, a heartbreaking story, very difficult to listen to. Um, I mean, very important, obviously, to listen to the victims once again. Um, but that, like, Jesus Christ, it is an overwhelming uh, amount of just nonstop uh, horrifying stories coming out about this guy. Um, to, genuinely, to the people who are just like at this point, oh, well, uh, case closed. You know, I'm, I watched the apology. I saw it. Uh, we're, we're good now. He's uh, he's come out and said that, uh, you know, he's uh, he's willing to have the conversation and he's going to go seek uh, help for the for the alcoholism. And, and that'll be that'll that'll be uh, that'll be the next part. Um, 
there's no question, by the way, outside of the Andrew Callahan uh, fucking horror show, uh, there's no question that there needs to be a lot of uh, modern day conversations, healthy conversations about uh, difference in dynamics. As uh, again, people work towards uh, you know dismantling things like patriarchy. Uh, there is going to be difference in dynamics between relationships, uh, uh, how people engage sexually with each other, uh, different uh, roles and dynamics between gender. All incredibly uh, and important conversations to have. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure uh, a lot of men who have been on the other side of this uh, have felt. Uh, multiple times perhaps coerced into sex because uh, I got people in my replies when I was talking about how Andrew Callahan needs to directly apologize to the victims uh, and I was l listing the reasons why like there were dudes in the replies being like well this has happened to me uh, I, I didn't think that I was like sexually assaulted like yeah maybe I didn't want to have sex with this one girl at a party and she kept saying and she kept trying and persisting and eventually I was like oh fine and we had sex but whatever I got laid so that's that right I was like well no because like you're not enthusiastically trying to have consent it just sounds like someone wore you down and eventually you're like oh well pussy's pussy bro I'm supposed to want this so here we go <laughs> uh, and that's like no that's that, that that person is also coercing you into having sex with them that doesn't make it okay in the other direction uh you know, even if this is probably something predominantly that happens to women from, uh, you know, uh, straight men uh, in, in that direction. Uh, but yes, obviously important conversations to have that those can be had independent of also outright condemning a lot of the things that you are seeing coming out on a regular basis about Andrew. Uh, the story I had planned for today was was the two stories from The Stranger. Uh, and then this one I, I just saw on, on the, the Channel 5 uh, subreddit being like yet another person has come out with a pretty detailed story of stealthing uh, done by Andrew Callan uh, in this story. Um, so, yeah, uh, I I I think it's uh, I think people should demand better. You should demand uh, better of a, a public figure seeking uh, restorative justice or or whatever uh, in terms of like it, it can't just be like uh, you know I I have nothing but empathy. I'm devastated by what's been said. Uh, you don't know the full story. I'm going to seek help and get assistance. Uh, money should never be involved in these kind of things, says the lawyer. Uh, uh, there's two sides to every story. Uh, yeah, you know that you have to like the the that doesn't help push back against any of the inherent problems across the board from people reinforcing this kind of shit do you enjoy the surfs but prefer not to have to use your eyeballs many are saying this well we've got the solution for you it's the surf times in podcast form available on most major podcasting networks now if you enjoy it, please consider leaving a good review and feedback because it really helps the show out, apparently, and it's free, just like the podcast. To our gods, Xander Corvus and Peyton L. Juice, we shall spend many a generations building mighty cathedrals in your honor. To our monarch, Tom Spiker, we are but your oafish jesters, here to offer you a laugh at any opportunity. To our brave knights of the round table, Rachel K., Izzy Solidarity, Victoria Bell, Sebastian Demel, Mark Harmon, Benji Arnie, Scary Earth Human, Tony, DM Rivera, Resident Scarecrow, Sir Nickus, Cheryl Alvarez, Ruby Kelly, Brandon, Words Greenwood, Everything Important, Hegbird Celine, Matthew Scarborough, Stellar Vision, Ariane McCarthy, Doug Katie, Daniel Sutton, Jenna Tao, Dark Puppy, Quiet185, Anna Loves Riley, Omni, Riley and Anna, Poodlehawk, Multimondi, Trevbot EXE, Brian Ephraim, Anthropofojak, Catherine, Ramon Acosta, Incosin, 
Ralph Parler, Violent Orchard, Political Puppy, La Media Panza, Todd Buckingham, and Todd Lajeunesse. We salute our valiant heroes off to fight injustice everywhere.